Welcome to Little House on the Scary, episode nine. Episode nine for the uh, fifth fifth time. <laughs> <laughs> no one's counting. No, no one's, one's counting. Track. Also, no one would know either yeah. who I just held them. Told you, yeah. I just we're perfectionists. Them. We got to right. get it right. Welcome. I'm a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> scary, mm-hmm. on sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome again, <laughs> listeners, to the Little House on the Scary podcast with your host. Nigel, aka the Peruvian Nightmare, aka Mr. Shyanigans, with my first co-host. It's me, Shyanigans, aka Mrs. Mm-hmm. Peruvian Nightmare, and <laughs> Scary Anna. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Hi. <laughs> My name is Scary Anna. <laughs> I was thinking of doing something with my, you know, other nickname Tata, Tata yeah. the Terrible. Oh, Tata Rantula. Tata Rantula. Tata Rantula. That's actually like really that. good. I, I just, I just came up with that. You just witnessed. Right now. You just witnessed wow. it. Wow. Right? Are you impressed? Wow. But I'm gonna because you guys have eight Ks and I don't have an AKA. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's good though. Tatarantula. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm good. I won't be able to help calling you that now. Yeah. Tatarantula. Yeah. That's good. Well, welcome again, listeners. We have a really fabulous episode tonight. Where a movie, a flick, picked by Miss Shyanigans again, my lovely wife. And but before we get started, I really wanted to give kind of a a very sentimental shout out to one of my dearest friends of like a long time a long time uh mr adam youngbluth my boy adam youngbluth uh passed away and it's very sad and so this episode for all 37 people listening this episode <laughs> is going out to adam youngbuth an amazing ceramic artist um and a, a very dear friend and um we love you adam and we'll see you on the other side brother taken too soon mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it sucks oh. <laughs> feeling <laughs> sucks this feeling sucks yeah it really does it um, does and sometimes just feeling things sucks it does this, and that that's the theme of this movie yeah mm, yeah, yeah feeling things. thank you for bringing it back yeah. <laughs> thank <Yeah>. you <laughs> suck it up <laughs> so <laughs> so we originally uh in <laughs> on our the first four recordings of this episode or three the first three recordings of this episode we had my niece with us in the recording space in the dungeon <laughs> uh, the recording dungeon with us to talk about um, uh, just to kind of visit with us while we were doing the podcast. But then also later we were going to talk about the new Conjuring movie 
Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, we saw that with Natalie, and she's a huge fan of the whole Conjuring universe. And uh, we'll be bringing that to you before too long, but we didn't get a chance to record an episode with Natalie, so we might end up doing it over Zoom. We recorded us watching the entire movie. Yeah, that was entertaining. So uh, there is some live footage of us. Um, Very stringent rules for the watching and the talking, <laughs> I'll have to say. Well, I wasn't do it, but I do have to say, I'm not going to give any kind of reviews right now about the movie, but we'll wait. We'll we have, wait for we the have episode. a lot to say about it. Yeah, we I have a lot to say about or it. Or nothing. I don't know. <laughs> it could be. The more I've thought about it, the less I have to say. But uh, <laughs> anyways, tonight's flick was Cheyenne against Pick that rhymed and shine against tell us what it was i chose take shelter um it is a film from 2011 believe it or not folks it is 10 years old and um i i love this film you will love this film if you're a fan of michael shannon like i am and oh yeah that's how i got you on board oh yeah (laughs) Uh, i'd been talking to tata rantula about this film for several <laughs> years um, I, because I know she's a big fan of Michael Shannon. Oh, yeah. He's, and he's a great villain. He is a great Isn't villain. He? Oh, he's yeah. not really a villain in this film. No, he's Very not. Sympathetic but, but he uses his, you know, healthy villainous tendencies mm-hmm. to good effect in this film. He does. He's, he's a great facial actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. He made this movie. For he's sure. a character actor who does yeah. uh, lead roles. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Also starring Jessica Chastain, who's also an amazing actress, yes. actor. Yeah, she but is. we did we did question uh, whether this fit the theme. Um, so it's more a film that's exploring um, what are the boundaries of horror or right. what is horror. Right. Well, hit us with the, um, the synopsis. All right. IMDb says, Plagued by a series of apocalyptic visions, a young husband and father questions whether to shelter his family from a coming storm or from himself. <laughs> I mean, that's a synopsis. <laughs> that's so exactly terrible. what the film is about. Yeah. It's so terrible, though. Yeah, it's somebody's like, paid to write somebody, these. <laughs> or not write them. I mean, <laughs> I think that would be a really fun job. Yeah, yeah it would be. Synopsis-size. Synopsis-size? Synopsis-size. synopsis yeah. A film in in one Would that make you a synopsisist? One, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. In so one sentence. One sentence. How <laughs> yeah, can you make yeah. it as generic as possible? I would hope that 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 job is belongs to that like that person that does that also does something else. I would hope that like they don't just like, you know, like he's the janitor synopsis and the synopsisist. Is just one job, Nigel. Synopsis. It's one man yeah. and one job. Yeah. Yeah. It should be a woman. I'll say that. It's clearly but it is not. one man. And he's yeah. possibly been drinking a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, what a fun job and there are so many films that are being made all the time. Yeah. You know, no one wrote a little descriptor for the films that we made. That's a really good We point. wrote the descriptors. Oh yeah. I remember? But, oh yeah. yeah. Or I should say I wrote a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of them. Well, you're very uh you're a very talented and beautiful woman. <laughs> That's right. Nice. Synopses. <laughs> my synopsis. Of Scariana. Tatarantula. Tatarantula. You got a good life, Curtis. I think that's the best compliment you can give a man. Take a look at his life and say, that's good. I love you. There's no way. 
Bye. What's the matter, you curse? It sounds like thunder. What sounds like thunder? I've been having these dreams. They always start with a kind of storm. Missed you at church this morning, Curtis. Thinking about cleaning up that storm shelter out back. Where the hell have you been? I know. I'm sorry. I had to run in here. I'm going to build out the tornado shelter in my backyard. I could use some help. The hell you want to do that for? This needs to be done. You didn't say one word about this to me. I didn't want you worrying about it. Samantha. Are you out of your mind? I'm doing this for us. I know you don't understand. You want to waste money on a stupid tornado shelter? Your mother was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia in her 30s. I thought people were watching me and listening to me. Stewart's been telling me how strange Curtis has been acting lately. Is anyone seeing this? Tell people what you've been doing. I know. I'm sorry. This is how you treat friends. Yeah, I'm fine. So why did you pick this film, Shyanigans? Well, I think it's becoming apparent that I am attracted to psychological horror or really films where the the figures or the people lose their sense of self so maybe that's my greatest fear is losing my mind um i've always loved the shining yeah um i love that film annihilation which again i'm not sure if it qualifies as horror but there is this like Mm. sense of like who am i or which which one is the real me or um anyway your sense of identity there's this loss of control of it and that's terrifying to me so um yeah i think that's why i picked it it for me it's terrifying but there's there's also these family themes right of a parent maybe failing at their job or trying really hard but not quite managing which is you know the same theme with the orphanage which you picked Mm -hmm. earlier and so i i think that's an interesting through line well, I think that's the question, though. It's like horror is broad. And I think I was pretty stringent with my when we first started this podcast. I think I was pretty stringent with my requirement for what makes horror and what what doesn't. And I think I'm still sort of in that at, in that mode. You know, in my view, what makes horror is if if what the movie has set out to do. The primary focus of the movie is to scare the audience, to scare the viewer. Um, by whatever means, then I would say it was horror. Now this this movie certainly like if if it doesn't cross the line, it certainly goes right up to it because yeah. it's definitely like touching on like much more in depth fears. And so it, it really reminds me of in a lot of aspects like movies that I would straight up call horror, but like The Witch and like these more mm. psychological things like the, this the loss, shining. the loss of control. Yeah, the loss mm-hmm. of like you you're witnessing someone else losing control like it's that's definitely the intent is to make you uncomfortable and there are terrifying moments for me oh straight up and Mm -hmm. i think the terrifying moments aren't the the sci-fi moments 
No, it's the moments of... What's he going to do? The the intense yeah. emotional reaction and breakdown. Yeah. For me, that's when I get the chills. But for me, I think loss of loss of control of, of feelings or emotions. And the movie even touches on this, like keeping your, your emotions um, under control and in right. check. But seeing those kind of boil over is just terrifying yeah, that's to me. scary for sure. Yeah. All right. So we know how we feel about yeah. if it's horror or not. But actually, I looked it up to be like, what What does the horror community think? And I found this article by Matthew Monagle from the Film School Rejects, um, which is this website that's about film. Anyway. So his review of this film says, um, quote, it is not a horror film. Mm. It is not an apocalyptic film. It is a film about being sick. Over the course of two hours, the film shows the brutal effects that mental illness can have on the idyllic American family. We watch a man begin to question his sanity, alienate himself from those closest to him, and lead his wife and daughter down the road to both social and financial ruin. Michael Shannon's Curtis goes from being a well-respected member of the neighborhood to the person they dread seeing at community events. People who once cared for him look at him with fear and pity, and Curtis still retains enough of himself to recognize that in their eyes. So I don't understand this guy's point. If it's about mental illness, it can't be horror. Those those are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. No, but I think maybe what he's saying is that all, all of these elements are drama. But something can be drama and horror. Like these are not mutually exclusive right. characteristics. I think that's very limited. I would just like to point out in my research that this film was nominated for a Saturn Award by the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films for Best Horror. So I think you know, hmm. I I think there it's there can be a healthy debate about it, but I I think we can clearly say that this is a horror movie. Hmm. I think there's plenty of evidence for that. Yeah, I think I think I still hold tight to somewhat to my definition of what horror is, and I'm not sure that this necessarily falls part of that. But but one question for you, yeah. Peruvian nightmare. That's so, me. So and go. so is it a personal definition? Like if it scares me, it's horror, ah. or if it scares anybody, it's horror. Hmm. Like if it scares a you know a very scared. 12 year old is it horror well i guess that's the question because then you have movies like you know so many of the 80s horror movies not the slasher films but like ghoulies and these like terrible creature features that are just more of interesting comedies yeah or like pan's labyrinth was is more recent version right that movie scared me like i me personally i consider that horror slash fantasy slash drama but but that this is my question is that if it doesn't scare you you do you do not consider it horror. Yeah, I, yeah, that's that's that I get, I I think that's one of those questions that will never be answered because it's so difficult to determine whether or not you know, like what those criteria are yeah. like. Well, this is what I love about this genre is that yeah. there's so much room for debate and argument. Yeah. And, and it does know. seem like if you're using that definition of horror, then you're only going to get films that are like targeted to the the majority populous yeah 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 that's true you're gonna get the most broadest based horror like your freddy's your jason's your conjurings all of the ones that that kanye what did you say (laughs) have universes and 
Um, right. And that are like strictly supernatural and all of the traditional horror themes. Yeah. This is not a film for for the masses. No, there aren't jump scares. No. It's not about that kind of fear. But no. it does have big time stars in it. So that's what, you know, uh, hmm, I... It's definitely hovering on the line. It's hovering on the line of so many different genres. Yeah. Like it could easily be sci-fi. It could easily be supernatural. It yeah, could that's easily what makes it be, an interesting movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could easily be a drama. It could be a yeah. family drama. It could be a mental illness drama. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's like mental illness. What was the one about the the brilliant guy that worked at the Harvard? Beautiful Mind. The beautiful Mind. Ah, you know? See, I found that film terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, that, I think we could probably agree that was not... It's not, not a horror not film. A horror not a horror film. No, not at all. <laughs> that was a feel-good drama. <laughs> yeah, but this, this... Even though you didn't feel good, Cheyenne. No, I didn't feel good because he's losing his sense of self. <laughs> but why but, was it a feel-good drama? But he drama? had Paul Bettany, you know? Come on, if you're losing your is. sense of self but Paul Bettany comes to talk to you, that's okay, right? I, I wouldn't mind that. Maybe I'll have to look him up. Be all right. Yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> you guys didn't watch A Beautiful Mind? I did. We did, it. but we don't know. Like, we don't know. Yeah. It's feel good, Nigel, because in the end, he's okay. Like mm. he's still crazy, but he's mm. okay with being crazy. Uh, you guys for, know for that me, being crazy is. You guys know the, the definition of the like mental illness, right? The um, you know this this idea of like behind you know the formal definitions of mental illness and when somebody is mentally ill is not that like that you're hearing things or seeing things or having hallucinations, but that those hallucinations disturb you and upset you. Mm. So if you're having hallucinations uh. where people are saying wonderful things to you, technically you're not mentally ill according oh. to the DSMR. <laughs> wow. Isn't that interesting? Amazing. I find that really fascinating. So how often does that happen? I, I mean, this is a good question. I mean, question. how do we know? I would like to research that. Yeah. <laughs> because like if you have, you know, voices in your head telling you you're awesome, maybe you don't go seek psychiatric help and so you never get you know included in any studies of mental illness right <laughs> isn't that what the self-help but, and wellness industry is trying to yeah. get us to do anyways yeah that's true develop like positive voices. self-talk but i just think it's interesting that you know if you think there's aliens coming but they're going to help you you know build a house or they're going to do good things yeah. for you you're not mentally ill even Bring though you're not in reality <laughs> it's only if it makes you dysfunctional so i think one of the very obvious forms of mental illness that is in this in this film is schizophrenia which is like hallucinations like scary Anna was saying paranoia delusions you know that's the obvious one they talk about it um dude's mother had it yeah um uh you know it's very clear that maybe he be he be <laughs> 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 uh, it's a <laughs> You look so funny. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I want to take a picture. Hopping around like a damn flaccid penis. Except it's on your head. <laughs> oh, Tarantula. Oh, Lord. Today sucks. Yeah. What a day. But one of the less kind of more subverted uh mental illnesses that is sort of described well not really described but is highlighted really yeah is this term but toxic masculinity yeah right and so that's kind of rooted deep into this movie and Ah. plays a huge part of all of it but i would say that it's easily a mental illness Uh, i'm Um, gonna give you some applause there thank Um, you thank you for recognizing toxic masculinity as disordered thinking yes yes it's definitely 
kind of bonkers. Yeah, but you know what I found fascinating is that in all of my research for this movie, like none of the reviews, none of the articles that talked about it addressed toxic masculinity. Well, when was this movie made? 2011. 2011. So that was really before... It was before Me Too. It was before Me... Well, not the real Me Too. The real Me Too started in like in the 70s, but um, the, the new... The new generation of Me Too, definitely before that. But there was, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a new phrase, right? And toxic masculinity. Yeah, there was one Mm -hmm. review I read where the reviewer was like, yeah, it would have been good if this guy had talked to his wife sooner. That was the only (laughs) reference to this concept of like a a man being able to express his feelings and concerns to his partner. That was the only one. And I agree with you. Peruvian nightmare that that's that's the fundamental aspect of this movie is that toxic masculinity and how it affects you know all your loved ones and the people around it totally drives the narrative yeah absolutely Um, because like what they're trying to show you is this mental illness and how it affects you see it falling apart around him yeah and um and he's struggling the way that he does that is by suppressing everything and And relying um, back on those masculine traits of i have to take care of my family mm -hmm. and i have to be the breadwinner and i have to you know fix things i have to fix things without you know talking to his wife about it without expressing any kind of weakness but he does give up on like i mean that's always in the back of his head this idea of taking care of my family but his his paranoia like definitely like leads the charge there's a moment where he gives in and he talks to his wife and that's such a moment of relief for me in the movie that's Mm -hmm. a moment of relief where i'm like okay maybe he's gonna get help you know maybe she's gonna be able to help him maybe he's gonna be able to get past this without damaging his family because that was the whole tension of the movie right Mm -hmm. is this guy gonna harm his family for me that was the tension Mm -hmm. it wasn't so much is he going crazy is there some supernatural event about to happen for me it was is it gonna is he gonna harm his family a la steve you know stephen king's shining Mm -hmm. so that that was my fear that's what i kept waiting for Let's talk about what happens in the film first, because yeah, we're kind of Shania we're kind of scooting around the the situation. So Shinigan's Phyllisant. Okay, so what we see is Curtis, played by Michael Shannon. He is the father and husband, um, and he starts to have these hallucinations or or delusions um, that are somewhat mundane, like storms and some murmurations. Of, they start out of as birds. dreams, though, right? Yeah, there are some dream aspects, but what the film does, too, is that it it sort of upsets the order of um, what's dream and what's what's like a hallucination. So you're not really ever sure, I think, throughout the whole film um, because they 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 do these jump cuts. Yeah. Mm. So it's kind of like his house. We experienced that in yeah. his house too. Yeah. yeah. Where you're in a scene, you're in a scene, you think everything's normal and then something suddenly crazy happens and you're like, wait a minute. And then it re- you realize that you've been in somebody's dream. Yeah. And so this film sort of does that because a crazy thing happens. It's, it's raining motor oil yeah. or there, the, the rain is coming down and it's, it, it's viscous and somewhat yellow. Mm. Um, and then they jump to, they, they time jump to right. him waking up sweaty. Right. So then the viewer makes the leap. Oh, that was a dream. And so then there's an assumption that every other time it's raining motor oil or that birds are falling from the sky dead or random weird people are standing in the window. Right. Um, 
that it's a that dream. it's a dream but that you don't always dream. see him wake up and i think that's a very exactly. deliberate mm-hmm. um, attempt by the director to put you in that mindset of schizophrenia where you mm-hmm. don't know what's real and what's not real yeah i agree right mm-hmm. so we're not sure if he knows um that he's dreaming or if he believes what's happening but he he takes action because he's in charge he's the man um he doesn't talk to his wife he decides that um he needs to rebuild the storm shelter in the backyard they're in the midwest they have tornadoes so he digs up uh he he steals um or borrows um construction equipment yeah but he goes against policy (laughs) time thief time thief um he borrows this equipment and has ropes his friend into helping him on the weekend to dig out this the backyard and then he takes out another loan on his house to buy a new um storm shelter and then he outfits this thing meticulously so that it is safe he buries it builds it and and he gets really obsessed with it and the wife is like what's what's the deal what's going on she gets pissed at him for not telling him that like oh i took out a second mortgage on the house to to build out this thing it's fine i didn't want you to worry um yeah it seems totally irrational from her point of view completely irrational yeah and then in the meantime also while all of this is going on he's like obsessed with this storm shelter he's also trying to find mental health care yes Um, so he goes to a doctor they recommend him to go someplace in the city it's two hours away he can't afford it it's too far he has a job so when he goes to the free clinic and the free clinic is such a letdown like he goes and he meets with this woman and she can't really she's not equipped to handle him she's just she's overwhelmed with the quantity of people i mean it's very midwestern mentality mm, yeah like he gives up when it's not as personally as 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 personal as he as he hopes yeah exactly like she leave the therapist leaves for mm. a better position and he shows up for therapy one day and, and it's, it's a some totally random guy new person. i know and yeah you i've can't... been there and that sucks it does yeah, yeah like going to therapy start over is... with a new no, person you can't like you you have to build the trust again and then he asks like let's start with your childhood or your or your mom um and he's like yeah. no i'm out like i've done this i've done this yeah. i can't so he's juggling um figuring out what his mental state is and meanwhile his daughter is deaf and they're working on getting her um surgery a cochlear implant and everything depends on having his health insurance through his job which is interesting because the daughter being deaf is sort of like this undercurrent issue and that's that's sort of part of a lot of different horror movies that we've talked about in the past like this undercurring problem like like people are going into this situation with a problem already existing Hmm. not that being deaf is a problem but dan uh, managing a child that is deaf um when they when they weren't sure what the situation was and they're trying to figure out what the situation is and how best to move forward with a child that's hearing impaired then like there's already that undercurring stress and so when you've seen movies where like like uh supernatural movies where like demonic possession and all these things can really jump into somebody it's when they're already stressed when there's already sure. something going on right yeah that's interesting the, in the orphanage also the little boy had this underlying medical condition yeah. he had aids and he needed medication mm-hmm. and that was part of why the mother was so frantic when he disappeared mm. and that was another movie that you chose cheyenne again oh. that's very interesting mm. huh. the mm. underlying mm. threads huh mm. the what's that is that an office phrase, the the things that we weave? 
Oh, the no. I think I think that's no. a tatarantula. <laughs> that's a tatarantula. Yeah, that's a web that web, a web that we out. weave. Oh, the web that we weave. No, okay. I tried. I tried. I think I got confused with this turntables turn that's the a turn good one tables yeah. Turn. yeah that's not relevant to this <laughs> but i think i i think um, you're gonna edit this out right nigel maybe maybe, maybe. he's gonna auto-tune it <laughs> this whole episode is like an editing freaking nightmare i know <laughs> you're gonna get your your editing muscles well worked out yeah that's you'll, what she said. you'll win your badge i will get my that's um, what she said so into synopsize uh shine against synopsises there's a lot of mistrust going on in the relationship because of his his masculinity that's basically dictating every move that he makes and saying that he 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 can handle everything that comes his way there's nothing that he needs to discuss with his wife he's got it all under control he's it's phrased in terms of self-sufficiency isn't it like yes self-sufficient yeah. like you you're self-sufficient you like can it's take noble care of yourself yeah and, and has I, integrity. I get that even as a woman, I do feel that like that that push to be self sufficient, to be okay. That sure. you know, yeah, I can yeah. take care of my things, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. And asking for help is hard, you know, regardless of your gender. But I think that they make it so much harder mm-hmm. for men. It's so much harder for mm-hmm. men to ask for help. Well, I think uh, so. Let's jump into uh, nightmares notes. And so I, I don't have a ton to say about this because this was really dealing with an area of sort of my existence that was hard for me to kind of wrap my brain around um, the toxic masculinity issue. But it really does kind of dabble really close to how racism works and mm. how racism is really terrible for um, the people that exhibit racism, right? So if we're speaking in our society primarily, white folks. So that the some racist white folks, none of our listeners, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> All 37 of them. Yeah. <laughs> but racism is terrible for everybody, not just the victims of racism. It's very, very bad for them. And toxic masculinity is very bad for the men that exhibit it in, in their families and not just the people that are on the other end mm. of that to- toxic masculinity. Um, but I have been, in, I have worked in my field of other non podcasting life. Like I have dealt with this uh, hyper masculinity kind of uh, uh, persuasion, I guess, like having to do basically the physical representation of code switching. So it's not just the language, but you have to change your behavior. You have to change how you wear your clothes. You have to change how you wear your hat. You have to change mm. your accoutrements. Like you have to carry, you know, like you can't the, say the word accoutrement. You definitely can't <laughs> say the word accoutrement. But nice. all of that, that falls uh, into kind of 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 like putting on this disguise and so in a lot of ways that's what toxic masculinity is this Hmm. disguise sort of covering up whatever else is dark and mysterious with this machismo idea Hmm. um it ties back into the uh, United States history and this whole like fake idea that we have of the, the the conquering of the West and this rugged idea of the Americans going out and conquering the West and, and manifest taking over destiny. And manifest destiny as if there wasn't people living there for fifteen thousand years. Um, and we relied on them to survive. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Like we did it, it all was on literally our own, the polar right? opposite. But they of, actually saved our lives and helped us to survive and fed our asses. Literally. <laughs> the polar opposite 
historically it was literally the polar opposite that the majority of our textbooks tell us uh, how it was. And so you have characters like, and you see it in the cinema too, of course, you have characters like John Wayne and Clint Eastwood. And even I, I pointed out in, my, in our notes here, the Flintstones. And the Flintstones were like a cartoon um, caricature of the one, what was that TV show? The, oh yeah, uh, I know. Um, get you right, Nikissa. Yeah, was it? Um, yeah. The whole show was about abusing your wife well, and the how comedy. Funny it was. Yeah, how hilarious it is to like want to punch your wife in the face. And the Flintstones was like a, a a cartoon version of that. But this has all been wrapped up in sort of this mythos of what Americanism is 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 all wrapped up in what toxic what we call toxic masculinity. And so this idea is that intellectuals are weak that there are feminized we feminize intellectuals um to say i would love to have somebody feminize noam chomsky like go for it yeah <laughs> go for it go for it we'll see how that goes over for you you know but i brought up uh, the, the movie goodwill hunting since we're a cinema podcast we'll talk about this one movie that i have like very very mixed feelings about but goodwill hunting it, it sort of blurs the edges um of these like diametrically opposing stereotypes that Mm -hmm. intellectual that can't just be smart and sensitive, but uh, without being feminized. And then also he has to play the masculine character. Violent. Unreasonably violent. Yeah. Yeah. So it it was, it's really this, and and I'm sure that was part of the intent of the, the writer's, of that movie that's how they show complexity in a man mm-hmm. Don't you right realize? yeah but it's like yeah it's like oh no he can between. do he can do math yeah. but look he gets in bar fights right, too. Right, yeah, yeah this yeah, man look, is complex yeah he doesn't have deep. feelings ever yeah <laughs> i mean except he at does the, end of the film except at the end <laughs> yeah but he suppresses them <laughs> yeah but i think there's bottle. i you know and one thing i kind of wanted to bring to all of us uh really quickly was this this sort of idea of the fear the male fear of being feminized like it's it's it, oh, it's like a death sentence, right? Well, I think for like cisgendered men, it's certainly mm-hmm. like I mean that's what homophobia is about. Mm-hmm. That's what transphobia is about. This idea that that I am not I that I will what who I am as a visually to you will be misconstrued as something else. You God, know? that's and, so interesting. So women definitely have a place of privilege in this because mm-hmm. I like I I I feel perfectly. F- free to like express my masculine side my masculinity yeah like to dress in a masculine way and i don't i don't fear that 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 change that like code switch that idea that i'm going to be mistaken for a man Mm -hmm. at all like that's not i mean that part of that is that masculinity is the 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 dominant and the preferred way Mm -hmm. to be and so what i'm actually doing is like you know buying into that preferred way to be Mm because it's not considered weakness i'm like showing how strong i am because (laughs) i'm showing all my masculine traits but 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 that that's a privilege that women have to be able to switch back and forth to be you know ultra feminine and more masculine that men don't have men Mm -hmm. don't have that yeah, there are many ways to be a woman, cisgender and there's one way man. to be a there's man. There's one way to be yeah, a man. cisgender. A cisgender man, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Yeah, and I think that's another thing that is another, like, we're, we're, we're kind of narrowing down human existence by all these labels. And sometimes I get frustrated by the labels that we're all putting on each other, because I think human existence is a spectrum, no matter what, whether it's sexuality or intelligence or whatever. It's all the spectrum, but at the same time, like, when we're talking about these issues of tox- toxic masculinity, um, we need to we need to refer to this is primarily speaking about heterosexual cisgendered men 
and and at least per- perceptive like like that's what they appear presenting presenting mm-hmm. yeah. as this yeah. right yeah so yeah certainly that's the, that's the um the culture that i grew up in yeah um oh me too was very much reflected in the film that kind that gruffness mm-hmm. that um the strong silent type oh, yeah. the um the the withholding um and then the 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 sort of like busy chatter of the women sort of mm-hmm. in the background mm-hmm. which you sort of see in the film too when um Jessica Chastain's character is she's like cooking him like this what I would call a Saturday morning breakfast on no, a but weekday. every day she seems to cook yeah. <laughs> and then she's like doing this the like her her sewing practice yeah. that she takes to the market she's she's got her hands in all of these different mm-hmm. things that keeps the family running taking the kid to all of the the doctor's yep. appointments and scheduling all of that and even like scheduling their social interactions too like yep. telling him oh we're gonna go to this um, community event and you're coming yeah yeah the work roles were highly gendered in this movie and I as much as I love Jessica Chastain and she was an amazing actress in this, her role, her character was like this cipher for me. Like she was mm. like, you could stick any woman in there. She was the, you know, supportive wife, period. Capital S, capital W, supportive wife. That's pretty, that was her role. Like I didn't see, there was no development in her character. There was no change in her character. Mm, yeah. There were moments where I was like, if I was in her role, I would have like freaked out. I would have mm. like stabbed him. I would have bashed him over the head. And she was always <laughs> completely calm Scary, and, and support. Yeah, she was totally calm and supportive, and she believed in. She was like the Stepford perfect okay. wife in this. So movie. you never would have been in that situation because you right. never would have been in that marriage. No, I mean yes, you're right, absolutely, you're right. And so then it was hard for me to connect with this character sure. because I just didn't know. Like I, I imagined myself in that position and. And I would react so differently, but she's a different character in a different time and place. You know what? Also, I think, though, like, maybe, you know, when they started out as newlyweds, you're energetic, you're, the the future is promising, and it's so easy for for those people to sort of settle into the roles that were modeled for them when they were growing up. Roles are comfortable. You know what you're supposed to do. You know what your job is. So they were living a very Midwestern stereotypical life and also a a deep South stereotypical life that I don't know of. It's certainly reflected in parts of Florida, but not necessarily throughout the state. But even even Latin cultures, they're exactly the same. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's exactly the same. (laughs) I'm sorry, Peruvian nightmare, but I will not make you bacon and eggs and toast on a weekday that's, morning for trust breakfast me, I, every yeah, morning. That's Maybe <laughs> once or twice a month. Maybe, yeah. And yeah you'll, special you'll occasion only. Tata Ranchula over, right? <laughs> yeah. But I'm yeah, that I, I found that interesting. That that was just it was just totally assumed as normal. What her what it her is role normal was. for some people, and there's nothing wrong with that kind of normal. Like, oh, I'll make you breakfast, but. I hope that you talk to me about things that are going on in your brain and with our finances. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least seeing some doubt in him, right? Mm-hmm. On her part. That that scene in the shelter where there had actually been a storm, there was actually a legitimate tornado warning. They went down into the shelter. Mm-hmm. The tornado warning was ended. Um, he wouldn't let them out of the shelter, right? That that for me that was the moment where I was like, 
I couldn't understand how she was behaving because she was just, she was like giving him so much power. Like she, 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 he was offering her the key and she wasn't taking it. She was saying, you open it, you open it. You know, like she trusted him in this way that I couldn't Mm. understand. And that the movie had not developed for me that trust between these two characters. I don't know if it was necessarily, but that was a really powerful scene, but I don't know if it was necessarily about trust as much it was, she was ready to resign herself to whatever situation that was coming, but she wanted him to do it for himself. Like in order for him to realize, to make that psychological switch that like he was being paranoid. But he was unstable. Like he could have very easily decided to keep the key and keep them in there and starve them to death. Well, like that's where my mind yeah. went. And I, my, in my mind, I was like to hell with you, husband, <laughs> give me the key. I'm getting out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, I mean? like I feel a little bit like that's uh, what mental, drama. Mental yeah. illness isn't cured by just like exactly buck up, do it. Yeah. Yourself. Come on, you open, can do it. Like open the door and see that there's sunshine, and now it, you're all better. I know yeah, there's a lot of magical thinking. It needs thinking. more than a cheerleader. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and, and we magical saw that in thinking. this film yeah. too, because things didn't get better after they came out of they the tornado. Did not. <laughs> yeah. They Which did is not. up for question as to like what what was happening. Yeah, well, that's my favorite part of this movie is the end. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) we're about to jump into Recipe Corner uh, here in a second. But, you know, I think one thing that's and I encourage all the listeners to see this film, even if you're like not a fan of anything but horror, this is like super good, super good movie. And it's very deep and it it definitely falls into horror adjacent, if anything does. Come on, Um, Michael Shannon. Yeah, you say no, Michael Shannon. But the daughter, the daughter following the daughter's eyes and she is hearing impaired um but following her and her visual interaction with her father it's almost as if she was like seconding everything she was all the delusions you're right she was seeing what he was seeing yes and so then you start to wonder is it really kind of adds this other factor into the depth of right like if he's actually going crazy if his schizophrenia that is he inherited from his mother is is coming into play or is this shit actually happening Mm -hmm. right yeah you know yeah that's that's an open question throughout the movie it's really subtly done yeah it's so good like sometimes restraint is like the hardest thing to do in a direct i've seen movies where the director was like oh we can do that let's do everything we're just Mm -hmm. gonna throw everything well they didn't draw attention to what the daughter was doing it's one of the things and it took multiple viewings of this movie and i I mean shenanigans and i've probably seen this movie four or five times and it's like i'm paying attention now i have the opportunity to pay attention to these like ancillary scenes or these ancillary kind of situations and within the scene and that's uh, you know you're starting to see the depth of that the characters were going into but let's jump into recipe Recipe corner so this film actually doesn't have a lot of um the special effects are well, they're subtle. They're subtle. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of practical effects that that we could do like from the pantry. Right. Um, because there's no gore, there's no there's like the raining of the motor, motor oil. oil. But then we um, would just get motor oil and make it you, rain. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, you just put it in your rain machine. Make it no, rain. you just like shoot rain and then shoot like oil. S- 
oil on mm-hmm. your skin or wherever it's landing. What about the murmurations? How would we do that? Oh, of the birds. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we would just take stock. Uh, so you could take stock photos mm-hmm. and then animate them, which is what they did with a lot of the storm clouds. Um, oh. So some of the storm clouds, um, they were really beautifully done. I felt like there was um, a, a lot of um, building of, of tension oh, yeah. with, with these images of the storm clouds. So some of them were 3D modeled and 3D animated. Um but most of them, I would say, were um, actual storm cloud footage mm. um, photos that they then animated um, oh. digitally. So, so practically, we could do that with those, like, what were those glass plant panes called? <laughs> no, you, you can't do it <laughs> yeah. with that. You can't? Yeah. What no. were they called? Those were so those cool. Those foreground mats. Foreground. Oh, you can't do that mats. because yeah, the foreground like, mat only oh, moves with the camera. because this is in the distance. Yeah. yeah. And the fore- yeah. That's yeah. why it's called foreground. I <laughs> <laughs> Math is hard. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, but there was a really cool scene where, um, like, a dream sequence, or mm. maybe not, or a hallucination, yeah. where the furniture is floating, and it's it's when um, the daughter is at the window and it's raining the motor oil, and then there's a figure, which that's never really explained. Not these at figures, all. but I'm pretty sure it's got to be like a, a, a schizophrenic hallucination. You and think. then you think hmm. and then there's thunder and he grabs the kid and they're huddled in the corner and then there's this loud sort of boom boom and then the furniture floats it's like gravity ceases. up and then hovers and then smashes down that was cool oh it's so it's awesome so cool. yeah so for us doing that we would have to do it in miniature you would you would just have to yeah with like fish line mm. something, something like, like that, that or like wires maybe um, or like just lifting up and like lifting it up and making the furniture fly and just doing it in slow motion like slowing magic, it down you mean like are you you mean magic no yeah. i mean like physically picking we just it up. hire movers to do that <laughs> yeah, i mean we <laughs> pay them a lot we of money tell them, ghost, see this couch <laughs> throw it up in ghost. the air and get out of the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're gonna film yeah, it i, I am really not time. in any way um skilled or or um, schooled in digital animation or anything like that. But yeah, if we were going to try to do it, pra- like practical effects. For um, our budget, it would definitely be miniature. That'd it be would be so to miniature, Tata Rangela. <laughs> we'd, slow it, we'd slow it down to have that kind of like hovering. That Yeah, that, that was really cool. Did. Yeah, that was um, very cool. Yeah. And then, um, what? so what else did they have that was... Um, what, oh yeah, what I found really interesting, and we talked about this, is that the the dream sequences that come um, to sort of set up, is he delusional? Is he having hallucinations? Are these things really happening? Is that they, they set up a dream sequence by showing this thing that the times films with dream sequences will have visual cues like waviness or the like tinkly music or like the haziness yeah Yeah. so that tells you it's like very clearly you know it should be labeled this is a dream sequence Um, and they didn't use any of those visual cues at all it was just just the time jump but then they didn't always do the time jump from that dream sequence or hallucination to waking up sometimes it was you know, a few days later. And so you never were really sure. Yeah. And I think that's where you were talking about restraint. Um, mm. And yeah, they didn't show you everything. Yeah. They trusted that you would 
figure it out or they were comfortable with you not figuring it out, which mm-hmm. I, I admire so much because I want to show everything. Like I just want to be like, this is all the information you need to completely <laughs> understand what I am doing. You know, it's, yeah, it's really hard. It's to, hard to withhold, to sh- mm-hmm. but yeah. it makes it so much more of a meaningful watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. the fact that it's that it's withheld. And so, one thing that I had read, this is sort of related. Um, one thing that I had read, um, somewhat related to this, is that um, the whole storm shelter sequence. Um, and all of those scenes were filmed chronologically. And if you're not a filmmaker or have a knowledge of filmmaking, this may not mean much to you, but most films are filmed out of sequence. Right. Um, and so for them to actually like show the building of the storm shelter and all the additions and to have to shoot it in that chronological order, um, probably took a lot more time and a lot more money well, that's to so do. Interesting. It never occurred to me that, they had to film it in sequence because they were showing something being built. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I was one of those people that had I, I had no idea that films were not filmed in sequence. I thought you started with the first scene and you ended with the last well, scene. Well, think about how hard it would have been to make that backfield because there's plenty of scenes of the backfield exactly. before. Exactly, undug up. Undug right. up, yeah, how yeah, they would have yeah. been able to do that. That's like the proper grammar, to, undug yeah. up. Un- undug it Un- undug up. <laughs> so all right listeners so we're going to talk about the ending of this movie yeah so, if you haven't watched this movie yeah, yeah. up till now you're okay um, but please, yeah. please 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 don't don't spoil the ending because yeah. it's so worthwhile it's so, so worthwhile it'll make you want to watch the film again yeah, yeah right so the ending is let's just jump into it the ending is um awesome like i love this is it's just one of my it's I wouldn't say it's the highlight of the movie. I'd say the the cafeteria scene or whatever, oh, the church yeah. banquet. When he has his mental when breakdown. When he has his mental breakdown. Publicly. Is, yeah, that's one of the highlights of the scene, but or the, the film. But the ending is like, this is where the sci-fi comes into it. This is, it's... it's Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but it's crazy. So what happens is um, he and the wife sort of come together and they, well, they go. have that moment in the shelter where right. she makes him open the door and, and he, he opens it. the door and it's sunny and you know some of that magical thinking worked and they go to a therapist they go to the therapist that he that the doctor referred him to yeah. initially that was like two hours away in the big yeah. city and she's the like yeah we have to go to the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist says Y'all need a vacation. You need to be institutionalized, but first go to the beach. <laughs> you need to get away from that storm shelter because you're a little fixated on it. But why don't you like go to the so beach? Why don't you first. go on a vacation? Yeah, that that scene <laughs> struck back me as be. very bizarre. Like, yeah, we're gonna need to, you know, have you, uh, you know, do inpatient treatment, but first take a vacation. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know how realistic that. But anyway, yeah. that happens, and then the next scene is that they're at the beach. And he's playing with his daughter on the sand, and it's beautiful and idyllic. And then suddenly his daughter's looking off into the distance, and she signals with a hand signal, storm. And the camera shows the horizon, and, like, all the water is gone. Like, obviously, yeah, the there's water's some being giant pulled out like a tsunami. Tsunami's coming. coming. The clouds are crazy. Yeah, like, that would like be really interesting to know how they did. Five like, water spouts that appear. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, uh, whatever storm he was worried about, it's coming yep, now. Here it yeah. is. Oh, and then the wife is, she 
she comes out of the, the she's cottage. Cooking, of course. Yeah. She's cooking. <laughs> just want to make that point. <laughs> she comes out of the cottage in her jorts. Yes. She does wear jorts. She looks good, though. <laughs> she doesn't look she good in the jorts. Yeah. Um, Jessica Chastain. Come on. But she sees the storm and she also sees the um, oil. motor oil rain. And yeah, they rain have this oil. moment where they make eye contact and she, and she just nods at yeah. him. Yeah. Hey, Odell. Take a river. Good. Yeah. yeah. Put a top on it. What is it, honey? What? right now he picks up the daughter and they go inside inside and like that's the end of the movie and that is wild yeah it's a wild it's a wild yeah right because you you have no idea what's going to happen because like if it's a tsunami like their their cottage was like 10 feet from the water oh no they're dead yeah Yeah, suddenly this like psychological thriller turns into like a sci-fi yeah but that's only if you believe it Right. Was it another hallucination? Yes, how could they all be exactly. The- no, but like the f- the family, he could be having another hallucination that includes of, the family because yeah. he's been having these hallucinations that or these the delusions family. that include like the dog biting his arm yeah. and then he gets rid of the dog. And, and then, his like, wife his- acting really sinister. Yeah. In so the all of his delusions have included other people and their actions right. and that changes the way that he interacts with those people. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're you had... But read yeah, I read. I read a review. I read a like an article, a blog about the movie where someone posited that um, that the ending was really just another hallucination, and <sighs> you, you don't get to see him wake up from it. But it's another hallucination. But it's a hallucination in which now that he's seeking help, his family is supportive and sees the same things that he's seeing. Right, oh, and so his wife nods to him in this supportive way and you know his daughter seems to have always been seeing what he's been seeing right but now his wife sees it too and she and so it's this implication that actually he's gotten worse he hasn't gotten better he's gotten worse maybe he's already hospitalized like it didn't make any sense to me that they that here was this man who was like suffering a mental breakdown that (laughs) needed to be like hospitalized and the the psychiatrist was like but first go and take this (laughs) beach vacation yeah gambling 
Las Vegas. <laughs> you go so, to your timeshare. You deserve it. Yeah. So, 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 so I found that. But honestly, when I first like, I've only seen the movie once. I plan to watch it again. Yeah. But when I first watched the movie, I was like, oh, he was right. He was right all along. He was. I like he's that. vindicated. I like that ending. But then, but then I thought, but now they're gonna die. They and can I run. They, they prefer, can run. No, they can't <laughs> run, Cheyenne. <laughs> Come on. I just can't. Like they're dead. I can't stomach that it's another hallucination. I it just, just makes it terrifying. But I find me. it fascinating that you'd prefer that they die. <laughs> and then he's not crazy. But he's not, not crazy. Crazy. I look at it. I look at it like it's real and it's the sign of the apocalypse. But then yes. they're dead, and that breaks but my maybe heart. Not. I maybe prefer, not. Maybe I there's prefer a life to boat. think that it's another hallucination. But he's gonna get on medication <sighs> and he's gonna get better, and they're all alive. Just, okay. Oh, scary as, as, like bright outlook on life. That's right. I want as, people to live, Nigel. <laughs> as a person um, in direct um, relation to a an, another person with schizophrenia, schizophrenia and that fear of yeah, me yeah. having inherited that, I I just... You'd rather him be right. I would rather him be not crazy. Yeah, I get that. I understand. Yeah. But I hope he escapes that crazy, crazy They could storm. get on the roof of the yeah. vehicle. Yeah. On the roof Maybe of the vehicle. Maybe there's a lifeboat. There's a, there's That's a like, what, eight feet? Sure, the tsunami coming is not going to be more than there's eight a feet. Hill. There could be a hill right there. They can swim. Native American mound. Exactly. That's right. Someone needs yeah. to make a sequel yeah. and show how they survive. So, Starring Drew Barrymore. But also, like, this is super interesting um, that, like, so there's this apocalyptic sort of mention at the end. But then, like, in these interviews with the director, um, all of these crazy sort of apocalyptic um, similar things had been happening. So, like, when they were shooting the film, the Deepwater Horizon oil spill mm. had just happened. And so there were these speculations about there being oily rain. And then also... That's crazy. Um, I know, right? So maybe that's what it was, Tata Ranchilla. <laughs> But then, so the film came out in 2011, and in January of 2011, there were thousands of these blackbirds that fell from the sky dead, exactly like in the movie, in this little town in Arkansas called BB. Isn't that a great name? That's I think so. it's probably BB, but it's fun to say BB. So I also read that the this quote, the state scientists believe that, quote, the bird deaths were not related to the roughly 85,000 fish that died a few days before near Ozark. Yeah, pure and coincidence. Quote, yeah, all of these things are happening. And so then the director was being interviewed and they're like, what about all these dead birds? And what about all these dead fish? And what about Deepwater Horizon that's oil? That's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And that that's interesting because this brings me back to Humanoids of the Deep, right? Which... <laughs> You know, we thought was we, awesome we thought was a joke yeah. by Peruvian it's Nightmare. It's a great movie. But but what was good about that movie? The few things that was that were good about that movie was that it it talked about the things that we're scared of in that moment, right? Mm. And in that moment, it was genetic engineering. They had just oh, in that you know, era, in that, that era, era, right? And in this moment, in 2011, and now too, we're we're. We're, we're scared of like you know climate change what's happening to the mm. environment what we're doing to destroy the earth and that movie in a very subtle way was bringing that into it but that's what i love about this movie is that everything was so subtle it was none well, of that's it what's was so in awesome about horror in general is that they they bring those topics uh, whenever the film was being made they bring those topics to the forefront in yeah. some way yes um, they make it real and digestible instead of like traumatic um sometimes it ends up being traumatic but in another way but still <laughs> 
it's like but they're movies of their moment for movies, sure yeah. horror, mm. horror is very political and very in line with what's happening now to when it you know because it's what about it's it's what scares us but it's also yeah it's what us. we have a connection to yeah anyway. i think also it it just adds a complexity to films like this where it just feels artfully made yeah, like, yeah. um that that elements that are subtext are considered yes. and intentional and yes. then they offer yeah, like the craft is amazing. In this yeah. Movie. Um, yeah, and it's, it's not film. just, you know, like gore and eye candy. No, no, um, no. And easy thrills mm-hmm. like cheap jump Jessica scares. Chastain, and, yeah. Eye candy. Can we talk about though? What <laughs> was, quickly. what was another one of the really scariest moments in this movie for yeah. me was when he was going to lose his job. Oh my God. Because of the fact that his daughter's, you know, cochlear implant surgery depended on his health insurance. Yeah, like we live yeah. in this fucking society yeah. where your health insurance is dependent on your job. And so everything that he did because of his mental illness that affected the security of his job just terrified me. I was terrible. on the edge of my seat all the time because I was like, dude, you're going to lose your job yep. and you're not going to have health insurance and your daughter's going to. Yep. And people in other countries are not going to feel that same fear. They're not going to understand what's happening mm, yeah. in that situation. And we, we live in this country with no safety net. When when it comes to health care mm. and with stigma attached to mental health care yeah exactly mm-hmm. and so i mean isn't that is that crazy that's so crazy yeah that 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 was one of my biggest fears is watching this guy lose his job i was like oh my god i can't i can't watch this like yeah no he's, that's true. he's gonna lose everything true. he's gonna yeah. lose you know all, everything that he was doing to help his daughter that's mm-hmm. so crazy yeah. yeah we shouldn't live in that kind of situation. No, we should not. No, we absolutely Where your health care and the health care of your dependents is tied to your job. Yeah, it's not. But right. yeah, so, and but that's another thing that it's just never discussed in the articles about this movie. That's just not, it's just accepted. This but is a part shows, of the society that we live that in. That shows our depth of analysis. Right. That we can dig in to these yeah. movies mm-hmm. and find stuff It doesn't stuff have to be this way other folks aren't thinking about so we're doing anyways. that for you viewers yeah. this is listeners, for you listeners oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyways we're doing that for you listeners all 37 of you maybe <laughs> there's 38 now 2011 we talked about take shelter tonight so uh we're gonna wrap it up here but that was an excellent episode yeah and, it was so good um, yeah. it was a great film and i highly good choice Cheyenne you. Excellent. michael shannon yeah um we we've thrown the uh like who's next through a loop here so i'm assuming i have no idea who goes next I don't oh know. we're gonna be I, talking about i think it's scary anna michael right, shannon was in sp- that fish movie shape yes, of water jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> just saying but we're I'm gonna be saying. uh we're gonna we are gonna be um either doing a mini sode of this this conjuring three yeah i want to talk about it mm-hmm. me do it um I have opinions coming up soon here. Hopefully in the next week or so, we'll get that out as well. But uh, maybe Scary Anna's next. And um, I'd be happy to think. Yeah, we'll think of a film. And um, thank you listeners for tuning in. And if you would like to offer up a film for us to watch, yo, nobody's ever done that. Yeah, come on, guys. I'm going to make a fake Twitter account or whatever. How do I actually do? Well, I'm on Twitter at... I'm on Twitter at the Peruvian Nightmare. Peruvian Nightmare. <laughs> but yeah, you can hit us up at littlehouseonthescary at gmail.com. You can find our podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Stitcher, including Spotify, including 
uh, Podbean, Podbean, including uh, Apple, Apple Podcast, Podcast, including all the we're big, big time now, yeah, all the big fancy, mm-hmm. and including a bunch of other ones that we just got picked up on, um, and also the little smaller uh, podcast platforms. But just Google "Little House on the Scary" and you will find us. Um, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram now, and I'll be posting a couple of pictures from this uh, filming on there. So um, check us out. We would love interaction. Again, big shout out to um, our boy, Adam Youngbluff. Uh, I love you, man. And um, RIP, my friend. We'll catch you on the flip of the day. Bye.